This episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas, they're here to help. He has time, launches it to the end zone. Touchdown, Terrence Williams. Whoa, goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he played. Oh, he's the Hello and welcome to the only podcast for every non-FBS team in Texas. Today, we're going to have about, oh, I don't know, 10, 12, 14 games. How many ever games we choose, we're going to go through. But before we even get to our picks today, we're going to start looking at playoff races, where they are. FCS has two weeks left in the season we're in the last week for Division Two, Division Three, and NAIA in the regular season. This weekend, playoff brackets will get announced, and we're going to give you kind of some foresight into where we think the teams from Texas will be. I am Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels at Corey Hogue Sports. That's all one word, and C-O-R-Y-H-O-G-U-E Sports. And you can find my work at texasfootball.com. Joining me as always is Riley Zayas. He is the foremost expert in Division Three athletics. I'm just giving him the top. Move over, <laughs> Mayor. That's right. They call they call Pack Home in the Mayor. Nah, move over, Mayor. You can find Riley on social media at Zayas Riley, Z-A-Y-A-S-R-I-L-E-Y. It's all one word. In addition, he operates true to the crew.com. That's where you're going to find everything about Mary Harden Baylor, everything about their athletics. Cause well, football is about done for the crew this year. Find his work on your favorite social media channels at true to the crew, T R U E to the crew C R U. And if you had to ask, you're probably not a fan. Riley, man, dude, he, he, we are now, Heading into the last week for D2, D3, NAI. We are in the playoffs for junior college, and we're down to two weeks left in the FCS. I, I'm really not sure what to think of, of where all the time and weeks went right now. I know, right? I mean, it seems like it's uh, flown by. I mean, we see this every week, but, you know, as, as these games unfold and these conference races intensify, like it just seems like we're getting more and more into the thick of things as we get, you know, further down the road. And obviously these conference playoff races have uh, some of them seem clearer than others at this point, but uh, there's still a lot to be determined, even with such little time left in the regular season. There really is. So we're going to go through kind of look at the conference races where they stand. And while we do that, we're going to talk about some games that happened last week along the way and, and give our thoughts about what's coming up here, starting in the Southland. Nichols and UIW. UIW took a tough loss. Nichols came in and ready. They were physical. They just pounded them. They took that victory, but it doesn't get much easier for Nichols. They go back home. Now they host a Lamar team that has been scary good at times. They're also very physical. Um, you know, Nichols needs a win. Nichols wins this week, and they have guaranteed themselves a share of the title. And they're gonna they're gonna guarantee themselves the automatic berth in the playoffs. UIW obviously is to share to get a third, at least share of a conference title. They need Lamar to beat Nichols. If that happens, it's likely that they go into three three way tie at the end of the season. And a three way tie. I looked through all the tiebreakers last week. It looks to me like it's gonna come down to what they call the NCAA um, simple rating system. Right. And that simple rating system basically is off the – it takes in the polls and, and other things. We don't have a way of seeing where teams are rated in that, but we have a pretty good idea that UIW is pretty high up that rating system – and would get the conference's automatic bid in that case, Riley. So this week for Nichols and Lamar, that game really is a championship game. Right. And, I mean, we hear it all the time. You and I talk to a bunch of coaches week in, week out, and we hear about teams controlling their own destiny, right? I mean, this is 
for Nichols an opportunity to do just that. They need to come out with a really strong performance. They started pretty slow, actually, on Saturday against UIW. That can't happen against this you know, Lamar team that will really take advantage of that opportunity, I think, in a big way. So for Nichols, this is a big week. They need a quick start. And I, I think, again, as you just laid out, Corey, this is a huge week for multiple reasons within the Southland. Well, it really is. Because now, obviously, if Nichols wins, that's decided. UIW is off this week. This was the week they were going to play Northwestern State. That goes down as a win for conference standings and nothing for the others. So they, they have one game left at Houston Christian in week 12. It looks right, and I know people may not be happy, and I know the Southland does not have quality depth. At, you know, And I think it's building. I think it's better. I think the Southland is a little better. Lamar got better this year. Houston Christian got better. Commerce, you know, they're still transitioning. We'll, we'll give them that. Southeastern Louisiana is the one disappointment this year out of the Southland. So Nichols is back strong. McNeese is probably not as strong as they thought, but they could still surprise you. So people were a little upset UIW remained highly ranked, and I do mean highly ranked. Top 10 in the coaches' polls, those things do matter. Honestly, Riley, I don't care what anyone's opinion is. The whole thing is getting into getting that at-large spot for the Cardinals, and it looks like they're going to do it if they if they can win at Houston Christian in Week 12. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the huge thing, right? I mean, you, you can argue all day about polls and those kinds of things, but at the end of the day, I mean, this it's going to come down to a playoff spot and those kinds of things. Who's playing in the postseason, right? That's the bottom line. That's what we care about. That's what really, at the end of the day, these coaching staffs and, and, and players they care about. And I think, you know, UAW is in a really good spot right now to do just that. They, they've earned it, right? I mean, in my opinion, I think we've seen some inconsistency. But we also know at this point in the year, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be other factors at play. And UAW, for the most part, has really – uh, been been impressive and, and held firm with uh, with that standing amongst the nation's best. You can complain all you want about strength of schedule and this and that. The fact remains, UIW's lost one game to an FCS school this season, and and other teams have lost more to FCS right. schools. So <laughs> that's just kind of where it is. We move into the Southwestern Athletic Conference. We're not going to spend too much time here. Prairie View and Southern, they have a big game this week. Uh, the loser is likely out of any chance to win the West title, pretty much are. Now, there is a chance, Riley, for a four-way tie. Alcorn is at the top at 5-1. and one. Alcorn has Texas State and Jackson State, both road games. They need to lose both of those. And if they do, and Prairie View, or no, Southern beats Prairie View, this weekend and then grambling beat southern in the bayou classic in two weeks then it's a four-way tie all of them will finish at five and three unlikely but the scenario remains that we cannot eliminate grambling now that said alcorn to win this week against texas southern they've eliminated grambling and that would also eliminate the loser of Southern and Prairie View. So Southern and Prairie View this week, Prairie View got a big win last week. They own a win over Alcorn this year, Riley. This week against Southern is a huge game for the Panthers, especially considering the Braves have to go on the road to Texas Southern, who has put up some fight lately and a Jackson state squad. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a big one, right? I mean, these are the matchups at the end of the year, where they really have a lot of impact and a lot of sway, not just for those individual teams, but really throughout the conference, you see those ripple effects, uh, maybe more so than you would with the early season matchup in terms of the immediate impact that we're going to see from a standing standpoint. Uh, so yeah, a lot of the line in, in this one, I think this could end up being one of the better games. Uh, pretty, you know, Two teams that, that really want this win bad, two teams that are going to fight really hard and really as of late have shown some some signs of, of really positive success that makes me think that this could be a, a really tight one that plays out and again has some some serious you know value to uh to several teams within the conference it's gonna be fun to watch united athletic conference again man it's crazy they the austin p big win last week 
over Eastern Kentucky. They're 4-0. They play Utah Tech, and then they play Central Arkansas. So Central Arkansas plays Eastern Kentucky this week. So here's how we're going to break it down. Austin P win over Utah Tech. Central Arkansas wins over East EKU on Saturday. That sets up a clash in Clarksville, Tennessee, between Central Arkansas and Austin P for the UAC title, the inaugural UAC title, and an automatic bid to the playoffs. Tarleton plays Abilene Christian this week. The loser is eliminated without without a shadow of doubt. Southern Utah. Abilene Christian, they'll all be eliminated with one Austin P win this week. So if Austin P beats Utah Tech, they immediately knock out three teams uh, from the chance with one week remaining in the regular season from the conference title. There is a scenario for a three way tie. Eastern Kentucky wins this week against the Bears, and then Central Arkansas wins at Austin P. I believe we could get there. Eight, these number well no actually we can't now because central arkansas has one loss right, right guys if you know all this you can definitely uh tell me i'm wrong but i do know austin p wins this week central arkansas wins this week sets up a clash for the conference title uh there's really not a whole lot to talk we we will get into more we will really focus on these fcs conferences next week but we really want to di- dive into the Lone Star Conference first, and it's it's pretty simple. Mostly, we'll say, <laughs> you have UTPB Central Washington. They play this week. The winner will win the their first. It'll be their program's first Lone Star Conference football championship. That is a guarantee. But NCAA D two doesn't give automatic bids. The champion, whoever wins in Midland Saturday, and I'll be there. Just got to throw that out. <laughs> they will secure at least the third seed, most likely. Oh. By the way the regional rankings look that came out this last week, it looks like they're going to at least get a number three seed, meaning they're hosting in the first round of the playoffs. Here's where it gets confusing and a little bit interesting and, and, and some intrigue in this, Riley, because I think, again, I'm not I'm not trying to guess what the NCAA does. I've learned that lesson long ago. But in my opinion, UTPB having only one Division II loss, and it's in region to a team that's ahead of them, Western Colorado, who is right now slotted to be second behind, I believe Colorado School of Mines is still at the top. I think UTPB, if they lose this weekend, I think they're still in the playoffs, maybe a six or seven seed. But I don't know about Central Washington. See, the problem is, you have countable wins when you get into this level. And they right. only have seven countable wins right now. Now an eighth win, likely to get them the third seed, the conference title. But if they lose, and there's a good chance they do, then I'm not sure Central Washington with at 7-1 and one gets into the playoffs, Riley. I really don't think seven's going to be enough countable wins. Yeah, and you just laid out a huge aspect, in my opinion, of what this matchup on Saturday is going to be about. You know, you have a a team in UTPB that doesn't have as much pressure, maybe. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to win, especially this time of year, especially what's on the line, right? But UTPB may not have as much pressure on their shoulders, considering the fact that, again, you know, as you noted, Corey, I think they're very about as close as you can be to a lock, maybe, at this point. Um, Central Washington, though, you know, they're they're not in as comfortable of a position, right? And so they're going to really, really need this win on Saturday because, yeah, there's a good chance their season comes to an end with a loss. Not for any other reason other than, again, you get into the countable wins, you get into those things, and there just may not be enough there to really put Central Washington into the postseason. Now I will say this. There are seven teams – with zero or one losses. The eighth, ninth, and tenth teams all have three losses. So does a three-loss team jump a one-loss team with seven wins when the team behind them, I mean, likely Angelo State is seven and three. They've got seven wins. Wayne State will have seven wins. Kingsville, if they beat Midwestern this week, they'll also have seven wins. It's not a given that they get that. So 
even at seven and one, and they beat Angelo State head to head, and they beat mm-hmm. Kingsville head to head. To be honest with you, I know some people have told me they they you know they're not sure. I still think Central Washington with a loss is likely going to slot in as the seventh seed, which means they get a nice little trip to Western Colorado in the first round of the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing to just come, you know, to factor in here. Obviously, you are playing playing the postseason, but wins and losses in, in games of this magnitude could affect some things when it comes to Again, where you're slotted, and and that has some some pretty noticeable impacts as we've seen in years past the way the D two playoffs have played out. Yeah, and it, look, if you're a Central Washington fan listening to this, first off, thank you for finding our podcast. <laughs> uh, second, you know, I understand. Look, you guys have done nothing but win, but how can you get to a point next year where this doesn't happen? You don't. Okay, you played a money game, FCS Web Web Weber State. I get it right? Play the money game. But then you played and you lost and you hosted NAIA Montana Tech. You've got to play a D2 game there. Right. You've got to you've got to ensure yourself. And a lot of teams, unless they really just need that money game, which I get it if you do, it's better to play as many D2 teams as possible. You can't have a money game and then host a money game in the same season. Yeah, it's a tough lesson, and for any Harden-Simmons fans who are listening to this, they may remember that NAIA game against Wayland Baptist. Similar situation in a way. You know, you, you want to be playing teams within your division, right? And so you, you want to get as many D2 games as you can. As you say, Corey, yeah, take the FCS game, but that NAIA game, you know, as good as Montana Tech is, it's not going to help you get into the playoffs. You need to go find a D2 game. You know, if you can, and I don't know the situation on their scheduling or how that came about, but but if you can, you want a D two game because even a, a little bit of a lesser D two is going to help you more than a team not even within your division. It's a win, right? Like you're looking for the win against D two teams. That's what they count in overall D two record in region record. So right. playing an NAI team, win or lose, does not help you. It, it's yep. only going to hurt you. So yes. <laughs> But I also noticed, Riley, you just can't let Harden Simmons enjoy <laughs> this, can you? Is it Riley? Why not, man? The Cowboys are the American Southwest Conference champions. They have they have secured at least a share for the first time since 2015. With a win at ETBU on Saturday, they would then secure their first outright title since 2004. The automatic bid is already set. The only playoff team from the ASC this year is already set. And and Riley, I, I I don't know, man. I understand times are hard around Belton area right now. Uh but you know, we, we gotta let the Cowboys that we we gotta stop reminding them about the past couple of years, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, Corey. I hear you. Now listen, I, I, I love what Harden Sims has done. Really, I, I like the way that they've uh, found a way to, to really put together some nice wins this season. You know, they dealt with some adversity with some of their key players being out. And, and it's not always easy to win games, especially in this conference. You know, there's a lot of teams that may be underrated in the ASC. And, you know, Harden Simmons was pushed to the test against some of those, but found a way to get those wins, which ultimately put them in this spot. I mean, Jesse Burleson uh, doing a great job there as head coach. They've just continued fighting. They've recruited well, and now they have a group of players that have you know bonded together, some fifth-year guys, guys like Matt Mitchell there at linebacker who are leading this team. And to be honest, you know that that first-round matchup. And I know we'll get into playoffs later on, uh, you know, in the coming weeks or next week. But they, they Harden Simmons has a chance to do something here in the postseason this year. I mean, there is a situation where they make a good run, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch. You know, this is a team having seen them play in person. They're they're tough. They're tough. They're aggressive. They're physical. You like to see that in a team, especially uh, in the ASC. Yeah, you know, I look at the D three regional rankings that came out, and first off, Trinity has also secured an automatic bid, and uh, they're they're getting into the playoffs within the Southern Athletic Association. Barry is the long shot. I, it, from all intents and purposes, they're on the outside looking in mainly because they miss a signature win this season, and that was supposed to be the win over Huntingdon in the in the opening week. Then the Hawks went and lost to Bellhaven. Then Bellhaven went and lost. 
none of that helped Barry. Nothing. It, but it's not just Barry. It's not. It, it's not that. Riley, UMHB may have. This is going to be weird to say. They may have hurt Trinity because they're not regionally ranked, which actually helped Harden Simmons. And so there is a chance the opening round could be Trinity at Harden Simmons in a couple weeks. Right. And again, this is a, uh, a, a sore topic, I guess, amongst the fan bases of those two schools because both want the first you know, it's it's gone back and forth, and I've, well, uh, I, dude, these two fan bases not 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 agreeing on who should host. What? <laughs> I this could be this could be a huge huge game. Um, again, I mean, this is assuming this is the way it's set up with what we know. This is probably going to be that first round game, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's going to be really really exciting. I think both teams and both fan bases are very bought in, but. Yeah, I will say Huntington snuck into the Region 3 rankings today um, that came out. That could be beneficial. But again, for a team like Barry, they're going to need to root for some teams that are currently in the Pool C discussion, and and that's a whole other topic. But they're going to need to root for a St. John's loss or a UW River Falls loss or some of those teams to lose this week to give themselves a shot at at getting there, right? Because... Uh, if some of those teams lose, now it may open up Barry for an opportunity. But again, they may be one of those really good teams that just gets left out of the playoffs this year because there only are, you know, four Pool C at-large bids. And, and that doesn't give a whole lot of room for uh, for even a good boss like Barry has to Trinity. Yeah. yeah, I, And that's that's just uh, their only loss this season is to Trinity and with only four at-large, at-large bids available. It's what happens, man. It's unfortunate, but that's how it goes in Division Three until they decide to spend some money and expand the playoffs, which is a topic for another day. The Sooner Athletic Conference. Here's the situation, Riley. If Texas Wesleyan beats Louisiana Christian this year, the Rams secure their first outright conference title since resurrecting the program in 2017. But a loss throws chaos because it would be another three-way tie for the second consecutive season in the Sooner Athletic Conference. And then the question is, who gets into the playoffs? And I hate to tell you this if you're the Rams, but if you're listening to this, no pressure, but if you lose this week, you're not making the playoffs. That's really what it is. This is an limit. Your playoffs start this week for both Tex West and Louisiana Christian. You see, Ottawa... Their loss was opening week of the season on the road at Tex West. They've won every game since. They're likely in the playoffs. I think they're they're likely a bubble team. They're in the playoffs if Tex West loses this week. That's pretty much how it sets up, Riley. That that game, Texas Wesleyan, Louisiana Christian. We're gonna get into picks here in just a couple minutes. Uh, but that game's gonna be just wild. This may be one of the best games of the week because of what you just laid out, how much is on the line for these teams and the fact that it is, for all intents and, pur- you know, all intents and purposes, this is a playoff game, right? I mean, as you just said, th- these these two teams, you know, both need this win badly. Nothing is guaranteed right now. Uh, obviously, nothing is ever guaranteed with no automatic bids, but, but certainly nothing guaranteed when you're in a spot like this with three really, really good teams they are atop the conference standings. This is a deep league uh, when it comes to those three teams. And, you know, Ottawa right now uh, has to be rooting pretty hard for, for Louisiana, uh, Louisiana Christian to pull this one off because they would feel a lot more comfortable. Um, and, and, again, as you said, they, they may be in regardless, but with Louisiana Christian winning, it would make it a whole lot more simple, I guess, it went from, from their perspective to make, the, make it in. Definitely, definitely would. We're going to get into JUCO to the semifinals here as we get into the picks. But before we go that route, we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you find your podcasts on. Also, like, share, follow us. That's how you're going to help us grow, and we appreciate you for listening. Riley, you caught up this week. You went 8-2. and You had a really good week. 
Uh, I did not have as good a week. You won both the questionable games. So now it's six and four. The, the two games we were split on, I finished six and four for the season. I'm 53 and 39. I think I'm comfortably going to finish above 500 now, which was a question for a while. Uh, and you're at 51 and 41. I think also you're going to finish comfortably above 500. So we can both breathe about <laughs> that, right? We're, we're not going to finish with a losing record. Uh, Riley, since you finished best last week, do you want to go first or second this week? You know, I'll go first, Corey. Uh, I'll go. I'll go first, and we'll see how that goes for me. All right. Well, I have zero idea how many games we have this week. I just know it's a lot because there's a lot of good games, and so we're gonna cycle through these. Starting with that game of the week, Central Washington at at, at UTPB. This is gonna be a great game, Riley. How do you see it going? Yeah, you know, this is going to be huge. A big-time showdown. I mean, we talked about it earlier in this conversation, but, you know, UTPB, 5-0 and at home. They they just, they've risen to every challenge. And and I think, you know, that gives me a lot of confidence heading into a big-time matchup like this, that they can handle the pressure, they can handle, you know, the environment and the atmosphere. And they're really knocking on the door to a very strong postseason run, you know, CWU as they, they found ways to win ugly, right? I mean, they found ways to win tight games. You know, they beat Kingsville two weeks ago, 21 17. Yeah, there's a lot to like about both teams, but at the end of the day, I think UTPB is going to have the edge. They're playing at home. They don't have to endure that that long trip down to Texas, right? And, and they're playing in the, the friendly confines of their home field. I think UTPB finds a way to get this one done and, and pull off a, another big win this season. It is a long trip for Central Washington. And I've watched quite a few of their games. And I have no clue how they keep finding ways to win all the time. But the fact of the matter, Riley, is that they do. They keep finding a way to win. The problem for the Wildcats this week, they got the Falcons. And the Falcons have really good defense. Both teams have really good defense. The Falcons have a really good offense. Central Washington's okay on offense. They, you know, okay to, to bottom okay. Um, but UTPB has Kenny Hearns. He's the conference quarterback, probably player of the year. And they're at home. And I think, honestly, looking at the regional rankings and seeing Central Washington get moved ahead of you for no reason has got to light a little bit of a fire under them uh, i'm taking the falcons and i'm taking a party on saturday when i get down there in midland riley <laughs> we're both we're both on utpb all right prairie view a&m we talked about earlier big game this week at southern listen prairie view has played really well played well last week and congratulations to bubba mcdowell on earning a win on his birthday that's hard to do Congratulations on that. But I got bad news for you, sir. You're going in to face a Southern team. This is a team that's good. They're good at home. And Eric Dooley coming off a loss, they're angry. They're an angry Jaguar squad. I think the home field advantage is too much. I'm taking Southern. What say you, Riley? Yeah, Corey, I mean, I, I, this is an interesting one to me. I think this is a complete 50-50 game. Just there's not a clear favor, in my opinion. Uh, both these teams have had some really – positive highs, some tough lows um, over the course of this season. Listen, you know, Harold Blood, they're our quarterback for Southern. He's he's a grad student, um, an experienced guy, but he hasn't played a whole lot, right? And, and, you know, he's throwing 11 interceptions, been a little inconsistent in the past game. Prairie View, I really like what I've seen from the rushing attack. I think if Prairie View can honestly keep the ball out of Southern's hands, if they can just use up that clock, play consistent defense, not give up the big plays. I think Prairie View could spring a minor upset here. I'm going to take Prairie View to win this one on the road. A little bit of a risky pick, but I think Prairie View has what it takes. Right. Starting off hot. Let's go. There you go. You got Prairie View A&M. I've got Southern at home. Home teams have done well for me. Rotate, but, you know, that might have changed last week. You might be riding, riding some momentum from that, Riley. Maybe, maybe that's the secret. Let's see how you go on this one. Alcorn at Texas Southern. Yeah, I mean, you said earlier, Corey, I mean, Texas Southern's a team that they've they've looked really good the last few weeks. And, and I say good 
you know, two and seven record, but you know what, against Jackson State and Southern, um, they've been narrow. Single-digit losses, I've been impressed by the fight from them. Um, you know, they've gotten really good on the ground. They run the ball really, really well. But Alcorn State just feels like they have the edge here. I, I think that they're just a little bit more experienced, a little bit deeper in terms of depth on both sides of the ball. I think Alcorn finds a way uh, to get a win here. It, it may be a tight game, but uh, Alcorn's my pick. All righty. Can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. I just wanted to make sure I saw something disconnect there for just a second, which is okay because we keep going. All right. So you have Alcorn. You're taking Alcorn on the road. Look, Texas Southern, you said they're they're better. And without Andrew Body, they've gotten a lot better the last few weeks. And they put some scares into some teams. And they've had chances to win. They had chances to win Jackson State. They had chances to beat Southern, like you said. And I know in my talks with Coach McKinney that they they definitely are trying to find a way. They just got to get over that hump. The problem is the Braves are not that team that, that you just get over a hump with. This is a team that's been here. They're experienced at it. They know how to win the championships. I think they go on the road. I think they take the win. I'm taking the Braves on this, and we won't have the wild scenario at the end this year, Riley. Yeah. Yep. All righty. That takes us to the next game. Big, big game. Abilene Christian this weekend. Tarleton. They renew this rivalry. The Texans head to Abilene to take on the Wildcats. Tarleton's riding high, Riley. Abilene Christian has been really good at home this year. Really good. Like They play a lot better at home than they have on the road most of this season. Tarleton went to Central Arkansas a couple weeks ago and won a big game there. Then they obliterated Stephen F. Austin last week. I mean, I was surprised at how they beat SFA last week. They're on the road. It's a tough environment, tough place to play. I'm riding the hot hand this week, Riley. I'm going with the team that just looks that. And, and right now, Tarleton looks the part. I'm taking the Texans. Tarleton is my pick too, Corey. I think uh, Tarleton. You know what they they you know you talk about winning games on the road. They won at Central Arkansas. I mean, they they I think they can win anywhere, right? This is a team that seems to be playing with a lot of confidence right now. They're just they're they're together. Their their chemistry is really good. When you watch them out on the field, they're they're cohesive. Um, I think Tarleton finds a way in in a tougher setting honestly I, you know I'm, acu is, is not an easy place to play or get a win but i think i think tarleton's a team that's able to do that and come out with a with a pretty significant victory this week and keeps that winning streak going we're both on the texans and this is their final game of the year it would be a big win to send out that way if they did okay riley lamar at Nichols. is Nichols securing the conference title and automatic bid this week I think they do, Corey. I think they do. You know what? I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier on in the podcast, but the win over UIW, it wasn't even just that win. I think we we talked about this last week. The, the parts and the pieces were there for them to put together that win. Uh, they've shown that they can win big games. You know, but you look over the overall record, they had taken some losses early on, and, you know, there was there were some question marks in my, my mind. Uh, about how good they could be. But you know what? They run the ball really, really well. And if they can run the ball well and they can play good defense, you know what they – I mean, what I liked from that win last week, they outscored them big in the second quarter, came out in the third, didn't take their foot off the gas pedal, kept pushing forwards. They need to do the same thing this week. And I think if they do that, I think they can beat Lamar and give themselves a huge win um, in that Southland race. Nichols took advantage of a lot of turnovers last week by UIW. Some some very advantageous for them and not advantageous for the Cardinals. Now they meet this other Cardinals squad. They meet Lamar, who also got a lot of turnovers last week in what looks like an easy win over Texas A&M Commerce. But let me warn you, a lot of that was because of defense. Lamar's offense has struggled this year. Lamar's offense has struggled a lot. At times, Commerce has a good defense, but they they really did struggle to convert in the red zone. 
to do the things they need to do without the defense being as good as it was. I, I wonder if Lamar wins that game, which gives me pause as they go this week. Now, question is, who the heck is Nichols, man? Like, we watch them just phys- out-physical UIW. I've seen them out-physical multiple teams this year, including Texas A&M Commerce. But then they go lose to SEMO? Southeast Missouri? Like, I don't know what to think of you sometimes. Uh, you know what? I think Nichols has that physicality. I think they're Lamar's going to have a hard time moving the ball. I'm taking the Colonels, and uh, then we hope UIW gets that at-large bid. And that takes us to this one. Southeastern Louisiana at Texas A&M Commerce. Boy, I didn't see this one being for uh, to have this kind of meaning. It basically is for who gets to avoid the bottom of the Southland Conference is, is basically how this one's going to go. Southeastern Louisiana struggled they're not a bad team they just weren't able to really put it together this year commerce has got a very very solid defense and an offense that the offensive line can't protect the quarterback has no like if you can't protect the quarterback has no time the running backs have no running room the wide receivers don't have time to get over there's nothing you can do if you can't protect on the o-line give me the lines of southeastern louisiana like how i did that riley <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I'm going to take Southeastern as well. You know what? I mean, it feels like they've turned the corner a little bit, um, especially recently. I, I think what we've seen from them as of late is a is an improved team, a team that seems to be finding a little bit more of its rhythm. Um, definitely too late in the season to, to really be in a spot to contend for anything. But you know what? I think this is an opportunity for a win for them. Um, again, they're going to need to overcome a pretty solid defensive effort from Commerce, but I think they can do that, and then, yeah, give me the lines as well. Okay. I'm glad you have this one first because I'm really interested to hear how you break down Houston Christian at McNeese. Yeah, I mean, listen, Houston Christian's a team that, uh, honestly, I've been been impressed. Braxton Harris, UMHB alum, uh, doing some really fantastic things down there. I mean, they've turned it around. You know, if the, if they win this week, it'll be a guarantee that they finish the year above 500. Huge step after going two and nine last year. They've won three straight. They have the hot hand. You know, McNeese is a is a tough team. I think they have more talent than maybe people are willing to give them credit for. Um, you know, Lake Charles is a tough place to play, uh, but I think Houston Christian is going to be able to get a win here. I think it's going to be tough to do so, but I think they're, they have the edge, right? They have the hot hand. They're playing with a lot of confidence right now. Um, I think Houston Christian comes out with a win here, but Corey, this is going to be a tight one and one that people want to keep an eye on. If they win this week and by they, I mean, Houston Christian, if the Huskies win this week, they will be, have a program record for wins in a season. It will be five. I don't the win against Northwestern State, the the that doesn't count that right. on the overall standings. Right. Uh, but they got two games left, a chance to get more wins than they've ever had in the history of their program. That's just that tells you how good Braxton has done there. And I know you're on the Huskies. You're riding the hot hand. It's a visiting team. Riley likes visiting teams this year. That's how it goes. But the Cowboys, man, that's a hard team to play. They, oh yeah, they they got a big on UIW a couple weeks ago. The problem I have with the Cowboys it, when they they get up, but they don't have the ability to close. They they don't they they've kind of choked a little bit at times. And you've got a Houston Christian squad that's coming off having a bye week basically after a game that they won, but they were not happy with the win over Commerce. It was a win, but it didn't necessarily feel like a win, especially after shutting out Prairie View the week before. All of that to say the Huskies win. They're going to be ready. They've had that two weeks. You don't give Braxton two weeks to get ready for a team. They're going to be ready to go. We are both on the Huskies and taking a lot of road teams so far this year. And that brings us into Division Two, the only – 
Division II game we're even going to discuss this week. Texas A&M Kingsville at Midwestern State. Good gosh, Riley. This is good. If for anyone who wants to see ugly offense and good defense, this is your game to go to. This is where you want to be. MSU, both these teams, some of the best defenses I've seen this year. Also, some of the worst offenses I've seen this year. And a lot of that is based on their quarterback. Kingsville's quarterback, Jacob Cavazos, got his second concussion when they played UTPB. He's not back, and he's not going to be back this year. MSU has had injuries at times to Carson Roper. They've rotated trying to find the secret spark sometimes they hit a deep pass down the sideline if the guy's wide open occasionally they hit that man neither team like kingsville's they know their playoff hopes are done they're both kind of playing out the season it's an afternoon game last game of the season at home it's usually their Armed Forces Appreciation for the Mustangs, and so they will have a lot of the trainees from Fort Sill and Shepard Air Force Base on hand making noise. I'm taking the Mustangs at home to close out the, the year with a victory here, Riley. I like to pick, Corey. Yeah, this definitely feels like a game that could end 6-3, to 10-7. You know, scores, scores right around there, right? I mean, it's kind of what you tend to expect. Uh, our great defenses, teams like this. Uh, you know, Kingsville is going to be my pick, though. I, I think, you know what, I trust the Kingsville defense. You know, the offense, again, as you just laid out, I mean, the offenses have been inconsistent, to say the least. But the Kingsville defense, I think, will rise to the occasion. I think they're going to get the win. I guess they just got to keep going road teams here. But, uh, you know, that wasn't purposeful. But, but Kingsville is going to be my pick to pull out the win. All right, so here's my question. Vegas put Iowa Rutgers at 28 and a half for the over under for the total. Does Kingsville MSU, do they combine for more than 28? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. I could see a 13, 10, right? Somewhere, somewhere around 10, seven. Right. I think, I think we should set the over under at 20. Hey, (laughs) Vegas, you think you've got something going crazy. No, no. Kingsville MSU. It's going to be a sickos game if you don't like offense. If you like offense, don't watch it. You're not even going to want to. It's a game. I'm going to have to bring the sickos committee uh, attention to this game. It's it's definitely going to be a good one there. So I've got the home team taking MSU, and you are taking Kingsville. I believe this one is yours. We got C1A at Southwestern. Yeah, this is another one of those games. Not really sure who's going to come out, who's going to show up. I mean, both these teams have gone through their struggles throughout this season. That said, Southwestern surprised me a little bit last week with uh, with the way that they got that win. You know what? I mean, you know, they, they, they Millsaps is not the best team in the SAA by any means, but for, for Southwestern to get that win, it's a big deal. Southwestern, I think, gets back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Takes down Sewanee, wins the wins the game on their home turf. I think Southwestern comes out with a victory here. Here's a stat for you from last week sent to me by Joe Austin, the coach at Southwestern. Remember early in the season when we talked about Southwestern turning the ball over so often? Right. They forced a school record eight turnovers four fumbles, four interceptions, and had 42 unanswered points. You know, I'm a believer in the law of averages, and the law of averages tells me that uh, Southwestern is is now the tide has turned and they're getting the turnovers instead of giving them up. I'm taking the Pirates at home. Harden-Simmons at East Texas Baptist. East Texas Baptist put up a pretty good fight to Mary Harden-Baylor last week, and for most of the first half, especially, you could you could make an argument they were the better team. But Mary Harn Baylor ended up pulling away. Harden Simmons is not going to come in this lacking motivation. Sure, they've got the automatic bid, but let me tell you, if you think Jesse Burleson hadn't told this team, you need this outright bid, like this, you need this, and you win this, you likely get a home playoff game, 
or we will tell the NCAA that we got screwed again. Look, they're going to be ready. And a fired up, motivated Harden Simmons team, that's a hard team to beat. I'm taking I'm taking the Cowboys on the road. I'm taking Harden Simmons as well. Uh ETBU, you know, they're they're a team that they've been They've been a steady team for improvement this year. Coach Ruhr has done a good job out there. I saw him play in person last week. Um, I was impressed. I, I think, though, you know, to some extent, the, the offensive line um, gave up eight sacks. The offense as a whole just lacks a little bit of depth right now. Um, I think Harden is going to find a way to, to pull out this win. And, and really, I think this game could be decided by the end of the first half. No disrespect at all to ETBU, but I just think Harden Simmons is a team that, that – is going to make sure they get this win and they get it early. They don't leave things to change in the second half. Um, relying on that run game, I think Harden Simmons is going to come out with the win here. That's where I differ. I think Cowboys win. I think it's close at halftime. ETBU has not, not come out and put up an egg very often. They have a couple times, uh, but not very often. It's hard to see them doing it, but they could. You maybe we will see. But either way, we still both pick Harden Simmons. Here's an intriguing one for you. Sol Ross at McMurray. Rally, what you got? Well, these are two teams, Corey. They're playing their final game in the ASC. Uh, Sol Ross has kind of been part of the ASC this year, obviously transitioning to Division II. So this will be their last game as a Division Three program. Technically, obviously, they're in that transitionary period. McMurray moving over to the SCAC um, next year. So, uh, I think McMurray, you know, Jordan Neal has them all roll. And I uh, really like what I've seen from McMurray the last several weeks. McMurray has the hot hand playing at home. I think McMurray comes out with the victory here. Uh, could be a high-scoring game, too. Keep an eye on that. Uh, Sol Ross seemed to, to do pretty well against Howard Payne last week in, in terms of that, that high-octane uh, passing attack. But uh, McMurray's defense is the real deal. They shut down Howard Payne. I think they shut down Sol Ross as well. I believe it was 42 to 40 last week, Sol Ross and Howard Payne. And that was a good win. Good win for the Lobos. They needed that. McMurray's at home. And let's look at what they've done at home so far this year. They've won quite a bit, and they nearly beat Harden Simmons at home. Jordan Neal has these guys playing well, especially when they're in Abilene. And they are in Abilene this week. Don't know if you saw with Texas Lutheran that comeback, that belief to come back at the end and get that win over TLU, showed me that the that they're they believe in themselves. They have turned a corner, and I'm riding with the Warhawks as well. That leads us to Austin College at Texas Lutheran. Quickly, Riley, I'm going to go with the home team. I think the Bulldogs. It's been a hard year. They have lost probably more heartbreaking games than anyone else. I think this year they ended on a this week they end on a high note and they take down the Kangaroos. Yep, uh, quick pick for me as well. Texas Luther is going to be the pick. Similar dot. I think they've been knocking on the door for a while. They deserve this win. Uh, and they're going to find a way to get it done. All right, so we're going to roll through the last few. I'll pick first, and then you'll pick here on the last four as we get down into them. Texas College at Sagu. Sagu. Took a loss last week. They've been injured a lot of injuries. Texas College got a win at Wayland Baptist, which is why this game popped up here. Do you think the Steers are able to pull off a road victory this week? I don't. I'm going Sagu. What about you, Riley? I'm not sure you can go with the Steers. I'm going to go to Texas College. I think they put together back-to-back wins. A little bit of a minor upset, I, I think, but uh, at the same time, I, I like where Texas College is going. And uh, they got some. They got some talent. We'll we'll see what they put together out on the field on the road. You're taking a boy. You love road teams. Find yourself someone who loves you as much as Riley loves road <laughs> teams, right? I don't know. <laughs> it's not even on purpose either. It's, it's just, not. Uh, That's what's so fun about this. Just the way it goes, I guess. Yeah. It is all right. Louisiana Christian, Texas Wesleyan. We talked about it pretty well in depth earlier. I think home field plays a lot. Being over at Crowley. Uh, Tex West has been here. They've played a really tough schedule. Louisiana Christian is much better, but I still don't think they're as good. I'm taking the Rams. I'm taking Texas Texas Wesleyan as well. Um, yeah, I think you know Texas Wesleyan, they're experienced. Again, they're not going to want what happened last year happen again, and they're going to make sure that doesn't happen. They're going to get a win, and uh, they're going to find uh, themselves in the playoffs uh, here come next week. 
Speaking of playoffs, Southwestern Junior College Football Conference, say that five times fast. They have their semifinals this week. It is playoff time in junior college ranks, and Navarro travels to face Trinity Valley, the three seed and the two seed. Trinity Valley has been really solid this year. And I can't help but just look forward to a rematch and another Trinity Valley type Kilgore final. So I'm going Trinity Valley. Yeah, I'm going Trinity Valley as well, Corey, on this. I, I just uh, The offense for Trinity Valley has been very impressive to me. Um, the defense has been solid as well, and I think they are going to be the, the winners of this. And, yeah, as you said, advance to uh, – maybe I'm giving away too much advance to play Kilgore uh, there in that next round. Well, I think we're both on this one. Nimi going to play Kilgore. Kilgore, look, they cannot afford a loss if they want to play for a national title. They they need to hang in there and keep winning. They have shown that they are ready to just roll teams. They are deep. Willie Gooden has got a great squad out there. And I think Nimi has had some struggles here. I think injuries are piling up for him. Give me Kilgore as well on this one this week. What do you say about it? Yeah, yeah, Kilgore just uh... – you know, one of the best offenses I've seen in a while, especially in this in this league, and uh, they're they're so talented. Um, again, the the fact that that you know opportunity to play in the national title game is on the line for them is going to add that motivation. Um, that already you know you already have motivation because you're in the postseason, but now it's a little bit more uh, because of of that whole aspect of things. And I think Kilgore uh, gets the win this week. 16 games we have selected, Riley, and we have differed on exactly three games. And I have a two-game lead. What an interesting way. There's no other way to go about this right now. You know, as we we get we'll be back next week because the playoffs are so we have one more week left of FCS, and then we'll be discussing the teams that are left in the playoffs. Uh, we will be here as long as the team is still fighting. Uh, in the playoffs, we will we will be here. Riley, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you joining me again. Next week, man, we are going to be back and we're previewing week 12, the first week of playoffs for Division 2, II, Division 3, and NAI. For Riley Zayas, I'm Corey Hogue. Thank you so much for joining us. And until we meet again, stay safe. <laughs>